You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Today, my guest on our Carterville Church Life podcast is my good friend, Patrick Ezel. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Ben. How are you? I'm fantastic. Good. So, Patrick, for the, for two weeks, we're talking about recovery ministry. And one of the reasons we're doing uh, our podcast focus for recovery is because the church is focused on recovery for these two weeks. We're relaunching our recovery ministry. We're proud to be uh, celebrate recovery ministry and we brought Sean Hampton in to be our interim recovery pastor and help us lead that. He's doing a great job. Really mm-hmm. proud of Sean. Uh, we've got a few testimonies this week to help the church understand uh, the battle with addiction, uh, to grow in some understanding, some wisdom, some grace. And I just wondered if you'd come share a little bit of your story and see how we can learn from your experiences uh, battling addiction to pain medicine. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I battled pain pill addiction for about five years, um, several years, we'll say. And that, that also, you were an athlete. I yeah, mean, I was an athlete. Yeah, all, all your life, you baseball mm-hmm. player. I mean, we're just, yep. we're all real proud of you. And for you, it started with a shoulder surgery. It was right? it was injuries. Um, well, you could kind of say yeah, injuries, but you know, just sickness and coughs and colds with cough syrup and, I and just you. all. I mean, all of you it. You just decided. Okay, it, gotcha. it really ramped up whenever um, I started having a couple surgeries. Got um, it. And then so. Um, battled that for a while. Um, you know, I, I would, <clears throat> part of my active addiction would be uh, going to family members' medicine cabinets, taking their medication, right. uh, friends, um, all that. It, it, it bloomed into introduction of um, alcohol um, on a heavy level. Um, and I also started using Kratom, which is readily available at gas stations and head shops and that kind of stuff, which it's a synthetic opioid and it's got kind of the same effect, but that doesn't matter. Um, also, man, I was doing a lot of things. Um, ended up also starting to take steroids. Um, and so I I was, I I really just went full blown into active addiction. So knowing you, Patrick, for a good part of your life, I would, I guess most of your life, I've known you from a distance or from up close. Mm -hmm. Uh, man, I can readily tell anybody who's listening that when that period of your life, the Patrick Ezell, um, I guess that I knew during that time, you would have never, you would have never known it. You would have never predicted it. You right. know, as far as I knew, you know, you you were you were never drinking alcohol, much less abusing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, one of the things that your testimony um, reminds me is that man, a- addiction is a trap that's waiting for anybody. Sure. And it doesn't care how you grew up. It doesn't matter. It's not concerned that you grew up in the youth group that you've you know, walked with the Lord. Uh, it's ready for anybody. That's right. That's right. It, it really is. And, you know, s- Satan is so good with his schemes. Yep. Um, and, and, I, and I think that um, what we don't realize is is a lot of times whenever we get into that fade, it's a slow fade. It's not something that just automatically just ramps up all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and that's how it was for me. So um, it, started, it started slow. Yeah, it started slow. And and I got caught, um, I, I guess it was five years, six years ago now, um, taking medicine from my mother-in-law's house. Um, and then once that came to light, uh, I started going to treatment, uh, not inpatient, but outpatient, just seeing a therapist and stuff. And I, re- I just wasn't committed to it. Right. Um, I thought that I could just grit my way through it. And I stayed clean for about two years. Yeah. Um, 
I gritted my way through two years of clean time, right. and and it was miserable. So you know, Patrick, looking back, um, I I see you now walking in recovery and doing awesome. I'm so proud of you. And I look back to that time. Uh, you had some you you had some counseling. You had some treatment. Um, I think when things got really really bad for you. You and I were even meeting sometimes for breakfast mm-hmm. just to talk about, hey man, how's how's your walk with the Lord? You know what what you're reading in Scripture. In fact, um, if my memory serves me correctly, you and I had breakfast on Monday, um, the week that everything kind of came apart, and you decided to go to treatment. And I had no idea on Monday. Yeah. On Monday, talking to you, I thought I'm so proud of Patrick. He's doing great. Yeah, and that's the thing with with addicts. Um, you know, we, we you know, if you're in active addiction, usually if your mouth's open, you're lying. <laughs> you know, okay. that, that's usually how it rolls, uh, or that's how it was in my experience. Right. Um, you know, addicts are master manipulators. Uh, you know, we'll tell you what what you want to hear because um, we know the right thing. Usually, you know, you know the right things to say. Um, and that's that's sad. It, it, that's a sad part of addiction is a, a lot of times it doesn't always look like, uh, you know, the mental image that you would normally have of what a drug addict looks like. And, and I just want to point out, I mean, you were a guy at that time who, who spent your life in church. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you knew the Lord, you knew his word, you knew the church. Um, but something changed in you. And so uh, you came to a crisis point. Essentially, I think your wife intervened and said, sure. hey, I... I figured some things out, mm-hmm. and you had family members that loved you enough to say, Patrick, something's got to change, right? That's right. Um, I don't want to talk much about this because I'm sure it'd be no fun to, to, to discuss, but hardest day ever. But you had a couple of friends and some family members who loved you enough to say everything's got to change, right? Yeah, it was, you know, that's everybody's rock bottom looks different. Right. Um, and, you know, Mine, my the the hardest day that I had was during I guess our family intervention, right? Um, at my parents' house, um, you know, and I had to tell Heather some really hard things, right? Um, and I had to tell, you know, I, I mean, there there was just a lot of shame. Um, but the 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 interesting thing about those the, the, that hard day is just the, and I can remember writing this in my journal, and I've still got I've I've got it on that that first sheet of paper, um, that first day when I went into full inpatient treatment. Um, at Righteous Oaks was, I've got hope. Right. Like, th- this is the, the it, this is the first time I felt hope in a long, in a long time. time. So it's it's amazing because I think, and even what I'm what I'm thinking as we're talking is, I remember that day, yeah. and if the Patrick from that day could sit down with the Patrick from today, and see, man, the brightness in your eyes and the hope in your heart. That Patrick from that day could have used a little bit of this. Oh, ain't no doubt. There's no doubt. <laughs> so, so it's amazing to me to to think, man, just you know, having been there and and then getting to be here. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's hope for you. I know there are a lot yeah. of our brothers and sisters who are listening right now, who um, they they haven't come out of the closet. You know, they mm-hmm. haven't been caught. It hasn't gotten bad enough. Um, and, and they're right now. They cannot imagine coming clean mm-hmm. and telling everybody what's going on and asking for help. Because for right. them, there's too much shame. There's You didn't have a choice in that. No, I didn't. But but a lot of our brothers and sisters that are listening, you know, they're thinking, I can't do that. Right. I'd rather live with this lie than go through the pain of being of being exposed and, and, and repenting. But one of the things that your story uh, displays to me is that that pain was actually a passageway into great peace mm-hmm. and hope. And had you not gone through that doorway, oh man, you know you wouldn't be here. You know, there, there's there's no doubt about that. You know, it's just w- one of the things that you struggle with. And I think all people struggle with is just the 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 fear of 
if the people I love the most find out what I'm doing, yeah, what's going to be right. the backlash? They'll all abandon me. And yeah, and, and you know, and that's absolutely. From my experience, that has that that was as big of a lie right. as as Satan could have possibly so, been feeding. And, and honestly, I, mean, I think people think if if this ever came to light, my reputation would be ruined and I would be ruined. But that hasn't been true for you, is it? No, and there's been a lot of grace um, in, in my family, my friends, our church. Um, yeah, it, it hasn't been true. Um, you know, you you. It's really almost it catch, grace catches you off guard, and you know it really does. <laughs> yeah. Just because uh, you expect the worst, yeah. um, and and I had to go through and I, um, you know, write down a list and and write letters while I was in treatment to people that I know that I harmed, right? Um, through my addiction, and that's hard. That was hard to do, but the overwhelming response has been not necessarily it's okay, Patrick. Everything's forgiven, but it's we're with you through this, right? You know, it's it's not uh, you know forgiveness is never an excuse of the behavior that you're right. doing. It's always, hey, look, I understand that that this happened, and we're gonna we're gonna walk with you through it. And I think that has made the biggest difference in me is is not necessarily the fight through addiction, but just understanding that 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 people are willing to walk with you yeah. through it. Well, and Patrick, I'm all right, I'm not ignorant of this. I understand that a lot of people battling an addiction have been hurt in a church. And so I know that church is not always perfect on this. But I am very proud of the way that your faith community gathered around you and Heather. Um, And and I I wish that was everybody's story. Mm -hmm. But I do want to just sort of push all of our listeners um, to their faith community. I mean, to, yeah. to brothers and sisters who will show the grace of Jesus. And if you don't have that where you currently worship, hey, it's out there. Mm-hmm. But I, I wish everybody could take that step. Well, listen, let me let me just ask you just in a second, Patrick, uh, what's it like now? Like now that you've been through the doorway of all that all that shame and you know the, the, that hard entry into mm-hmm. surrender, now that you're walking through the recovery process, how's life for you right now? Well, I, it, it's fantastic. I mean, it's uh, just being able to understand more about myself right. and, and, and what addiction looks. You know, addiction looks different. I mean, there are some key things that are that are constants in addiction. But, you know, everybody's, uh, I guess, mechanisms to get there are, are different. And so with me, with anxiety and codependency and, 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 and all that, just understanding more of what skills that I have learned right. uh, to deal with those things. Um, and, and once I, once I was able to understand that through the recovery process through going to therapy and, and, and all that is, is I'm better set up to handle those situations, uh, to where normally I would have went and used. Right. Now I'm able to, uh, refocus and, and, and put my, put my eyes and my heart to where, where I need to be. Well, and not to get too, su- just super personal here, although I am, um, man, it just seems like you and Heather, both of you walking through recovery process, I can imagine that marriage is a little different right now than it was even before even before all the problems came to light. You know, a yeah. little more honest and open. And Absolutely. Our marriage is so much better than it was before. Um, I mean, the, the, one of the biggest enemies in marriage is being comfortable, you know, just going through the motions. Right. And this has really uh, allowed us to be more um, honest with each other safer with each other um you know for a long time i did not trust heather with what would she do if i told her this you know and now we we have that open communication to where i can go so if you're feeling anxious or depressed or stressed or what before you wouldn't have gone to her with Mm -hmm. that you would rather you would deal with that by yourself in an unhealthy way right that's awesome well part of the reason that i want to talk about this is i just want to give some hope 
to the brothers and sisters out there right now mm-hmm. um, who are battling their addiction. They haven't sought treatment or help yet, and they're worried to death about that hard step of coming out into the light, you know, that confession step and surrender step. Uh, and I just, I just want to encourage them that in your journey, man, I'm so proud of where you are, and, you. And, I, and I would love to see them get there. And, and Patrick, I would say that it's been worth all the hard work you put into it. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's not saying that recovery, once you start that process of recovery, it's, it's, it's rainbows and lollipops. Sure, it's not always easy. It's, it's hard work. It really is. Um, but through that hard work, what you end up doing is you end up establishing this firm foundation that you can stand on in yeah. Christ. Um, that that gets you through those harder times, um, and so there there is hope. There there is hope out there, and I, and I think the the biggest block that that people get to is just the that process of of surrendering yeah. this over to to uh, to God. So Patrick, um, let me ask you one more question, and that is. Through this journey, how has it impacted your relationship with the Lord? I mean, knowing that you grew up in the church, you're a, you're you're a child of the church, right? Mm-hmm. How has this affected your walk with God? How did your the addiction and then the recovery process change your personal relationship with God? Well, I, I think I've, I've I've been able to grasp at a at a um, just get wrap my mind a little bit better around God's grace. Okay. Um, and, and what that looks like, yep. um, you know, what that feels like. Yep. Um, you know, I, I can say before addiction, I, I, I did not, I had not experienced Christ to the level in which I have experienced him. Awesome. Um, and, and through that, I've learned, I've learned a little bit more about who God is. Yep. And, and, and through that greater understanding, uh, be able to view myself through how God sees me. Awesome. Good word. Well, hey, man, knowing that a lot of our listeners out there today uh, are exactly where you once were, mm-hmm. and I can't wait until the day they get to where you are today, what would you say to them, Patrick? What is What do you want to tell our listeners today who are uh, battling an addiction and just haven't gotten the help they need yet? Um, there's freedom in, a, in accountability. There's freedom in, in that surrender. Um, you know, addiction is a heavy, heavy burden. It's a it's a heavy weight with the shame and the guilt, and and uh, not to mention just dealing with the the addiction itself, uh, trying to feed it. Um, but there's hope. There's so much hope there. Um, there, there. There's freedom. There's hope. There's um, God. You get to experience uh, community like you haven't experienced before. Just um, have a group of people that love yes, you. yes, absolutely, and and being able to through the rooms of recovery. Um, you know, establish yourself in a in a healthier environment than you've ever been in, and you don't have to worry anymore. No, hey, if they knew who I really am, they wouldn't accept me. No, they know who you are, and they love you, and yeah. that's the church at its at its best. That's exactly right. Hey, Patrick, thanks for being with us today. I hope that a lot of people are blessed. If you were encouraged by hearing Patrick's story, knowing that we're all walking through life together with people that we love who are battling addictions, and maybe it's you. I hope you found hope in Patrick's story, and I'd like to encourage you to share it. Share Patrick's testimony with some other people who will find encouragement. I want to invite you into the rooms of recovery. Join us at Celebrate Recovery, 4.30 in the afternoons on Sundays in our chapel. And I also want to say, just as a teaser, tune in tomorrow because our guest tomorrow is Patrick's wife, Heather. So I can't wait to see her tomorrow. Pat, thanks for being with us, man. Oh, yeah, thanks. Thanks.